Yeah, I actually went to Brian Stone's house the other day, and he wouldn't let me in. He said, no, 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 "I'll be out. Uh, Text me when you're here. I'll come out." <laughs> yeah. And the thing about Brian's house is, is that uh, the reason why he won't let you in is that you know he's got some sort of body in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've been in his garage. That's the closest I've gotten. I think I picked sounds, up carpet. Boy, all of that sounds really sexual. Everything yeah, that you just said what, sounds very oddly. Oh, I got in his garage and picked up this carpet. That's, Picking up that's, carpet. That's what you mean by body. There's somebody in there, and he can't remember her name. <laughs> he doesn't want to have to try to introduce you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'd let you in, but I don't know her name. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go through this whole thing again, and I have no idea who this person is. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. I cannot confirm nor deny harsh portions of that, but on the day that Barry was talking about, it was raining, and the house was a mess, and yeah, I didn't want anybody to come in, but at that point, there was nobody in the house that I didn't know their name, I can assure you of that. Welcome into the show, it is the Stone on Air Podcast. My name is Brian, you likely already knew that, got to be honest with you, don't have a ton of energy today. We'll see how things flow as we get things started, coming up next. Twentieth of October. If you are listening to this on the day it drops, as they say, whatever day of the week it is, happy whatever day that that is. October, damn near gone. Worst holiday ever. Only eleven days away. Halloween. It really brings out all the dullards of the world. The dimwits shine their brightest, which is still a very dim bulb over in the corner, but they shine the loudest and the brightest that they possibly can on the idiocy that is Halloween. Appreciate you finding the show. Stone on Air on all social media is how you can follow along. I post clips and little promos and stuff for the show. And uh, TikTok, the, um, the last post that I made for the Vols game, uh, my my encouragement, my me saying that I was going to be a Vol for life for a day, got the most traction I've ever gotten anything on, on TikTok, far more than on any other social media. Thousands of views, hundreds of likes. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, I hated that it took me having to basically lie because um, I wasn't Vol for life for a day. I'll save that for what will be the final segment of the show and uh, that's just going to be the wrap up of last weekend, and the um, and it has to do with the Braves and the Vols and uh, whatever else was going on that weekend. It was just misery, just pure misery. And I'll uh, I'll lay that out here uh, the final third of the show. In the second segment of the show, I'm going to look at Ticketmaster and the new Titan Stadium and how they basically these two subject matters will kind of uh, collide together. The Blink-182 reunion show is what sparked the outrage this go-around. There's always a reason to have outrage with Ticketmaster from some angle. They're usually always the same. It just takes something like this, Blink-182 reunion, which who the hell knew that this band was this popular? And what does that say about an entire generation of morons? More on that in the second segment of the show. On the front end here, I'll just do like normal. I'll bounce around to a few things. I'll get you the realest thing, the worst idea, and the coolest thing coming up here in about 10 minutes from right now. So I think you can kind of hear the hum in the background. I hope it's not uh, too loud. I don't think that it is. I am refusing to turn on the heat at this house because it's getting back into the 70s this weekend. And I am not turning on the heat um, with when we're getting down to around 32 at night. First of all, one good thing about this old house, it holds a temperature for a long time. Uh, both you know, hot and cold, very well insulated. And so I'm just using a, uh, a space heater here and just kind of taking it with me wherever I go and wherever I'm going to spend the next several hours or any length of time, I'll just hang, keep that with me. So I'll put it in the hallway, pointing towards the bedroom tonight, and then um, I'll make it through a couple of days and, um, and not have to turn on the, 
heat until at least, hopefully, a couple more weeks. Let's wait and see how it goes. If you guys realize, it hasn't rained in like well over a month. This has been fabulous weather. Always complaining, me and you and everybody else, about the crappy weather around here. It's really not that bad. I mean, the summer sucks for a minute, the winter sucks for a couple of minutes, and then really everything else is pretty nice. This has been great. So that's one thing I will take away from uh, from October, but everything else about it pretty much sucks. Okay, so I signed up for the Chattanooga Police Department ride-along program. I highly doubt I'll be selected. It's pretty simple. You just go to their website and fill it out and tell them who you are and why. I don't even, you know, don't even have to tell them why, but I did explain who I was, and I would like to do a segment about it, maybe even record portions of it while I'm there. So I'm hoping to hear back from them. I Again, I highly doubt it'll happen cpdrecruiting at chattanooga.gov if you would like to fill out a application. And the reason I really wanted to do this more than it just would be fascinating is I, I've been looking for different kind of content material and I've been looking at the police blotter the last few weeks to see if there was anything, you know, dumb crook news, wacky FM morning DJ stuff. And it is really stupid. The thing is, some of these calls that they have to record and you know, have to put on the on the books that then are now included in the police reports and the and the scanners and all that. However, that's all gathered. It's not dumb crook news in ha ha funny ha ha. It's absolutely moronic. And the amount of time that these police officers have to spend on inane ridiculousness from all points of the community is rather staggering how much nonsense and babysitting they're having to take care of. And I, I don't like cops. I'm not a big police officer fan, but I do appreciate how difficult their job is. Just as a general over wide sweeping generalization, I really think we got a lot of problems with our police departments all across the country. But I would love to go ride around and see what a night is like. It might change my perspective. And I have two blotters that I have printed off from the last couple of weeks and I go, I pull out my highlighter and I just put a big question mark. I'm like, there's nothing here. I'll bore you to tears if I read any of those, but it does prove the point that if it, whoever's trying to make that point, that this is a difficult job and they have to deal with a ton uh, of nonsense. Um, I'm going to do a week long tease on this one. It's going to be, um, I want to go through the whole video. There was this guy in town a viral dude named, uh, he calls himself Miko Worldwide. This is just the front of the Chattanooga.com uh, piece uh, on it here. Police arresting five sp- suspects in aggravated, aggravated robbery of YouTuber Miko Worldwide. Please say they are making five arrests. Da, 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 what I just said. Uh, dude's real name is Michael Wolfgang Nicole or Nickel. Uh, Nickel, who goes around the world making videos featuring the quote unquote raw streets and hoods was in Chattanooga recently for a video posted earlier. And so I uh, that happened in June, I believe. And more than anything, I was fascinated by the the dude's YouTube account. Basically it just goes around to the to the to the gangs area, to the rougher areas of cities to highlight them. And I can't tell if he's trying to be instigative, like if he's trying to say look how awful this is or if he's trying to shine a light on the good parts of the hood. I couldn't quite get that far into it. It's an hour long. It's, you know, terrible butchering of the English language. Almost needs subtitles to even understand what half these these young people are saying. And I want to uh, give it a full, long, hour-long look and maybe pull some audio from it. And then then the dude, would there was a staged robbery of this guy. And that's still, you know, that story is still developing. So by next week, maybe we'll know more. I don't know. I'm not sure how many people care about this. I thought it was really something worth taking some time on, so I didn't want to waste um, the opportunity today when I already had so much other, you know, you know honestly, it's fluff, but it was already pre-done, and nothing's going to change between now and next week, so look for that. Uh, strung like a horse, New Year's Eve, the new place. Uh, the barrel house, ball, ballroom, whatever the hell it's called, the old Market South or still Market South, whatever it is down there, Main Street and Market. Can't wait. I didn't have New Year's plans after my disaster at Bridgestone Arena with Pearl Jam and the Delta 8-9, whatever the hell that junk was. If you heard, you know. If you don't, sorry, go back and listen. Uh, I am now having like PTSD of Broadway and Bridgestone Arena and rock concerts, and I am not going back. 
to see widespread panic at uh, or going back to Bridgestone to see widespread panic for New Year's. I talked myself out of it immediately, and I tried to talk myself back into it, but it was very easy to say, back up, beep, beep, back up. No way. Not doing it. Plus, I don't want to spend the money, and Nashville sucks, man. That part of Nashville is awful, and I don't want to spend New Year's there. Um, Okay, so real quick, quick story. So if you listen regularly, I know I've done this before. I don't know if it was two years ago, one year ago, six months ago, five years ago. I don't know. But I've been going to the same dentist for 22 years. And it's just one of those cases where whatever you've just done your whole life, you just keep doing it. And it's all the way out by the S-curves, nowhere near where I'm at anymore. When I used to work downtown, no problem, no, no problem at all. But now I'm in Ottawa, and I should get a new dentist probably. But I really, I actually do like the guy. Uh, Joseph Elkins. He's a good. He's a good dentist. He remembers me authentically. If not, he's just if he's bull spitting, then he's really good at it. I think he genuinely does. We talk work and we talk. You know, other people that go to see him. Like, Have you seen so and so in a while? And I, you know, even though I hate the small talk nature of it, sometimes a little small talk is okay, right? Sometimes it, especially if you appreciate the guy's work. But his dental hygienist has changed a few times over the last twenty years. Or at least the one that I, you know, I've been going to. I don't know if they assign the same person to the same patients. I don't really know how that works. But I've had the same one for probably four or five years now. Nicest woman in the world, I guess. But this chatty, you know what? This B word. I mean, I've had all I can take of this. And 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 right in front of us is a big ass window. And the last few times. She will be like, oh, so uh, has it started raining yet? Bitch, look out the window. You're staring out the window. It's not raining. Stop it. And this, is, this is just all the typical stuff you would put into a, a sketch comedy routine comes from this woman. It's awful. Well, so this go around, it's, oh, I think it's going to freeze. It's, it's going to be about 32 degrees. I mean, I can't believe it. I'm not ready for this. Oh, yeah, can you believe this? Hey, Jelly, Jill, can you man? Oh my God. And I was like, okay, yeah, 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 it's coming. Oh, they said it was supposed to freeze tonight, but it didn't. I don't, or last night. I don't, oh, oh God. Okay, fine. Fine. If that was all of it, I wouldn't make a segment out of it. She's also the type that talks to you like while she's doing, you know, got her hands all in your freaking mouth, which fine. If that was all of it, I wouldn't have said anything. But this B word is scraping at my teeth. You know, forget how small teeth are. With this, you know, weapon, basically, blade. And she's talking to people in the hallway. First of all, I've always wondered why the hell this door stays open. And it's right across from the front desk. And these other chatty Kathy you-know-whats, they're talking. And she is looking up. I can see her eyes tilt and she's looking into the hallway while she's scraping my teeth now multitasking is a very good quality to have but i don't know about you but when i try to do two things at once one or both of the things are going to be neglected to a certain degree if i'm at work going through paperwork and invoicing and i start talking to the braves about the braves with the guy who's a big fan who i talk to you know one a few times a week and i start talking and i'm also working by the time i get it in i'm like oh hell i forgot oh i didn't do any of this right what the hell i forgot you know i get distracted now maybe this dunce dimwit that you know is probably the ultimate karen can multitask better than anybody in the world but when I mess up at work because I'm talking mindless conversation to m- what most people would think, I just accidentally put a decimal point in the wrong place. Or I forget to return a case of something on a certain invoice that I can go back and fix later. If this numb nut screws up, she slices my gums open. All right? I mean, this should be against company policy, office policy. And she's... she's it, it, I'm not saying if it was good conversation it would be better, but it is that typical. Oh, hey, so Jill, did you see uh, uh, Unwatchables? Uh, yeah, no, no, I haven't seen it. What are, I think it's on Netflix. I don't know. I'm, I've heard it's pretty good. What's it about? I'm not really sure. I mean, it's uh, or it could be Hulu. Actually, I'm not sure. Oh my God, stop! And I'm honestly considering saying, like, sending an email or a note or something to say either get me a different dental hygienist or tell her to shut up but I just don't have it in me to do it, I don't think. And I've just been around these people for so long. Hell, the receptionist, her name's Brenda for crying out loud. She's been there this whole 20 years. You know, so it's just kind of like you just got to deal with it. So there you go. 
I mean, no cavities once again. If I do anything well, at least I take care of my teeth and put up with that nonsense every six months. All right, let's jump to the audio here as we're tailing the end of the first segment here. This is um, what I'm calling the realest thing, drinking responsibly. Today's realest thing on the Stone on Air podcast. Hold on, damn it, turn that up. There we go. What's the biggest scam that nobody is talking about? I'll go first. Drink responsibly. Now, that is the only disclaimer that alcohol industry has to put on their bottle. And yet alcohol is responsible for more than twice the deaths of all illegal and prescription drugs combined. And in fact, it is the number one killer of men between the ages of 15 and 55. I mean, alcohol is one of the most deadly things on the planet. If we discovered it today, we would never drink it, much less drink it responsibly. The other big problem is it puts all the blame on the individual, making you think if I can't consume an addictive substance responsibly without getting addicted, what it's designed to do, then I'm the problem. I'm the one. I'm the one to blame, which totally perpetuates the shame. I don't have an overall commentary any more than alcohol is a very, very dangerous thing. I learned that and understand that more the older that I get, yet still drink the stuff every single damn day. This is today's worst idea. Just about every word that comes out of Ben Shapiro's mouth is the worst idea of the day. Today, it's this dude on marijuana charges. Today's worst idea. The reason that people are in jail for possession of marijuana is not because there are people who are smoking pot in their bedroom and the police bust down the door. That is not why people are going to jail for marijuana possession. The reason that people are going to jail for marijuana possession is because that is a plea deal. Statistically speaking, a very high percentage of people who are in prison for simple possession were originally charged with drug trafficking. They're people who actually had pounds of marijuana and they were distributing the pounds of marijuana. And because our justice system is so wildly overburdened, what very often ends up happening is a prosecutor comes to the lawyer for the defense and they say, listen, you can go to trial on the drug trafficking offense and your client goes to jail for 10, 15, 20 years for violating federal drug trafficking statute. Or alternatively, your client goes to jail for a year and a half and we plead it down. Right, pleaded down to simple possession. In other words, many of the people who are now going to be issued pardons are not actually just people who are smoking pot in their basement and being losers. A huge number of those people are people who were actively trafficking and Loser. pled that down, criminally speaking, to a possession charge. And the only reason that prosecutors pled that down is because possession was a crime. Oh, geez, where to start? I mean, I told you I don't have a lot of energy today. I, I, I think everybody who just heard that understands why I decided to pick that as today's worst idea, and I'll just leave it. At that, And the final one I have as the coolest thing, stumbled on a, another isolated uh, lyrics from Kurt Cobain, Nirvana, and Smells Like Teen Spirit. And I cannot believe, after all these years, a lyric that I didn't know until I stumbled on this the other day. I'll talk more about that next. Load up on guns, bring your friends, fun to lose to pretend she's overborn and self-assured I know, I know a dirty word Hello, 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 hello Hello, 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 hello Hello, 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 hello Hello, hello, hello Let the lights out It's a dangerous Here So the words that I didn't recognize is the opening lyrics to the freaking song that I've been listening to for 30 years of my life. Load up on guns. Bring your friends. It's fun to lose and to pretend. She's overboard and self-assured. Uh, and I knew that, you know, the second part of that part of that I knew. I don't know what I thought it was after all those all those years. Lord, I'm on gun. Lord, are we gone? I mean, a lot of times you just mumble along when you're singing songs, and Nirvana was never my favorite Seattle band. Clearly, it's Pearl Jam, isn't it? Weren't even my second favorite. But 30 years later, today, years old, when I realized the opening lyrics to Smells Like Teen Spirit is Load Up on Guns. Well, I don't have a greater point there either. Just something to talk about. <laughs> All, right. All right, so Ticketmaster, the Platinum, platinum ticket pricing, the uh, dynamic ticket pricing, and then the verified reselling. They're all three not the same thing, and they're causing ticket prices to fluctuate up and down. But let's be honest, they're not going down. They're only going up. And the new Titan Stadium is now a done deal. I'll talk about that coming up next.
back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. StoneOnAir.com. If you think tickets have been getting ridiculously expensive, they have. The average price for a popular concert has more than tripled since the mid-90s, vastly outpacing inflation, and that is before they hit the resale market. And let's start with a company that you're probably immediately thinking of, Ticketmaster. They are the biggest player in the ticket market by far and claim they strive to put fans first and that the people we care most about are the fans. And yet, as anyone who has ever bought a ticket from them knows, that's generally not the feeling you get when dealing with them. It is no secret Ticketmaster is horrible, but exactly how it is horrible is genuinely interesting. Let's start with one of the things that infuriates people the most about them, and that's the fees. They can come as a nasty surprise at the very end of a transaction and can range from the annoying to the completely batshit. We found a ticket to a 2019 Kids Pop concert with fees that amounted to 75% of face value. For one ticket to a Tyler the Creator show next week, the fees add an extra 78%. And the fees on a $15 ticket to a monster truck rally in Houston were $16.41. That's more than the cost of the ticket itself. Oh, how we wish for the days of Pearl Jam fighting uh, in Congress to keep tickets around 20 bucks a piece. It was a good fight, but they were never gonna win it. And now they work hand in hand with Ticketmaster. I guess eventually you just gotta choose your battles and figure out which hills you wanna die on, and that's one that they've decided that they're not gonna die on, and no one else is either. Um, that's why, that's, who is that, what's that guy's name again? Oliver, John Oliver, I guess. Um, not a big fan of him, but I did I wanted some audio of somebody talking about that specifically, and I stumbled on it. I don't like his show at all, um, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So, but the what caught my ear the most and why I probably went with that was when he was talking about the ticket price, the up, uh, the charges at the end that have always been there, but they just they are getting worse and worse and worse. I went to Survivor, no, not Survivor Series, SummerSlam at in Nashville at Nissan Stadium in September or August, not long ago. And part of the reason I went is because I saw the ticket prices were pretty damn cheap. I thought, 25 bucks, man, that's that's damn good. Yeah, but no. It was 50, over 50. It was $50 and like 75 cents. The charges were more than the ticket itself. And they're, they do it because they can. And I before the pandemic, I don't know where the industry was, but after the pandemic, everybody was so... Uh, and yes, we, we're after the pandemic. The pandemic's over. It was barely a thing to begin with. Um, I don't. It, people's thirst and hunger to get out and do stuff was just so, so, so huge and so large that people are willing to pay anything. And uh, you know, I've, I've talked about it here all the time. I'm almost done. I mean, they, you've almost priced me out. And I'll get to that more here, talking about the Nissan Stadium and the Titans and the new domed stadium to be built. And uh, ready for opening in 2026, according to the early reports. But this all started last week when Blink-182 announced this reunion tour. And my goodness, is this not is this not some kind of uh, telling tale of where millennials and their music and their fanaticism goes? That Blink-182 is, is, is this monster reunion tour? This stupid-ass band, while we spend 20 years, 20 years being told that Nickelback sucks and other bands like them are just putrid, awful, terrible for music, bands like this that have records called Enema of the State and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket with lyrics like, Then later on on the drive home, I called her mom from a payphone. I said I was the cops and your husband's in jail. The state looks down on sodomy. And that's about the time the bitch hung up on me. Nobody likes it when you're 23 and you still are more amused by prank phone calls. What the hell is call ID? Of course, from that just ridiculous song. Of course, I took her out. It was a Friday night. I work alone. I'm feeling right. What the hell? Oh, yeah. Nickelback sucks. But y'all are going to break the Internet over a Blink-182 reunion. Give me a break. But their point is is valid. Their argument is worth having. And Ticketmaster is absolutely out of control. And, I mean, shocked said no one. I know. But tickets went on sale October 17th. And thanks to Ticketmaster's dynamic ticket pricing. Got new verbiage here, too. Dynamic ticket pricing. Not only are the prices extremely high, but they're difficult to secure as well. There's also the platinum ticket pricing. And then... 
the verified resale. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, one of the dudes from Blink-182 quoted here on uh, whatever social media it was, I understand that the ticketing can be frustrating. I bought tickets for two of our shows myself just to see what the experience was like. I had tickets yo- yoinked from my cart, and the whole thing crashed out. Dynamic pricing. I'm not in charge of it. It's meant to discourage scalpers. Yeah, right. No, it's not. Not at all. Uh, we're trying to bring you the best possible show for the best price. Yeah, right. No, you're not. The band has to, uh, or at least you know, through their management, somehow has to, and record label, uh, approve this. Pearl Jam does verified, uh, what do they call it? Verified fans or something like that. It is, it is the best way to keep tickets out of scalpers' hands because you are not allowed to resell them through Ticketmaster's site, and you cannot acquire these tickets to be able to put them on a stub hub or give them to somebody else. They're a barcode that refreshes literally every second. Like, it's just a constant refresh. And the only way in is the ticket on your phone. You can't send it to your friend. It makes it pretty annoying, but at least it's a a, a real attempt, an authentic attempt to try to thwart scalping and uh, the secondary markets from buying up all the tickets. Plus, Pearl Jam puts every ticket, this has always been this way. Panic used to do it a lot, too. I don't know if they're still doing it. Every ticket in the building is the same price. If you have the front row or the back row, 99 bucks this tour. It was $99. Of course, the fees made it more like 125 But the ticket price doesn't change. There is no, what do they call it, dynamic ticket pricing, which basically, based on demand, the tickets change in price, like in real time. One minute it might be 300 The next minute it might be 500 I'll continue on with some of these uh, that I highlighted here. Last week, Billboard reported that the pre-sale for Blink-182's tour showed that pit tickets were going for around $600. Upon looking at tickets for their May 19th show at Madison Square Garden, the lowest official platinum ticket price remaining is $499, while the highest available official platinum four ticket was going for $1,400. Keep in mind, this is not through the verified resale. This is not StubHub. This is not, uh, th- these are prices set by the venues, Ticketmaster, the record labels, and the bands, or at least some kind of agreement amongst the four, whether they all knew about it or not. Uh, There's a couple of tweets. What's my age again? The age where I have to decide between rent and Blink-182 tickets. Another one says, Ticketmaster is an evil monopoly that's destroying the live music, excuse me, destroying live music, and they should be hacked to bits and broken up like the oil monopolies. Ticketmaster supply and demand-based algorithm for setting ticket prices has been under scrutiny for a while now. Over the summer, Bruce Springsteen announced his first proper tour in six years, and fans were appalled to see the prices reaching $5,000, and Ticketmaster showed no mercy for fans. Quote, prices and formats are consistent with industry standards for top performers, the company wrote in a statement. I had not heard of this. I, I, I wasn't aware of that Springsteen story. I have not heard of dynamic ticket pricing or the platinum pricing. I'm still not entirely sure what the difference is. It sounds like it's just two ways to word a different kind of system of, of, of tiering the prices. And then there's, and then a lot of other people are getting confused. Here's um, another tweet. I joined the Chicago queue 10 to 15 minutes before the sale started. That's where you basically quote unquote, virtually get in line, had 2000 plus people ahead of me. Floor seats in the center section were $2,000. I hopped on in the queue for the Twin Cities show and got in in a third of the time and got seats in the center section for $300. Um, and then there was some pushback there. Well, somebody posted a picture of section 213, $493. Section 315, $308. Section 210, almost $400. These are sections you're expecting tickets to be not much more than 100 bucks. Maybe 125, depending on the act. And um, but this this is the verified resale ticket. This is where many years back, Ticketmaster realized they're leaving. You know, they're leaving some on the table here, while StubHub and all these uh, secondary markets come in and, and gobble up all this uh, uh, the online scalping tickets world. And they got they went ahead and got in on it on the, themselves. So now you can resell your tickets through uh, Ticketmaster. And I do it all the time with my Titans tickets. And I did it with, I ended up with two extra Pearl Jam tickets. And I sold them through the Ticketmaster resale, verified resale outlet. 
And Pearl Jam sets it that you cannot sell the ticket for more. You can only sell it for less. So See, the band and the management and the record labels have control over this. This is not just Ticketmaster. They're working in cahoots together to do this. And um, so this was verified resale, these prices I was just giving you. In that case, if somebody wants to sell them higher, then, you know, more power to them. But that's also, that completely contradicts the, the concept earlier of the, I don't remember where it was, but someone saying that this dynamic pricing was put in place to try to thwart scalpers. No, it's not. They're, it's so not thwarting scalping. They're buying the tickets and reselling them immediately the same day the tickets are going on sale. That's not making it harder to scalp. That's making it easier to resale the tickets. And not only are they doing it uh, right in front of you, Ticketmaster sponsors the, re the verified resale market. It's such bullshit. They're such liars. It's such a terrible industry to be involved with these days as a from a fan. The experience is terrible. The venues most of the time are awful. The, uh, the experience is just bad. It's just bad. And it sucks because one of the lifebloods of my life is live music in these kinds of events. And it's just, it's just sick. Here's another tweet. Ticketmaster or criminals? Dynamic pri uh, pricing is bullshit. $2,000 for two Blink-182 tickets in Toronto at the, in the 100 level? Absolutely criminal. Thank you for taking advantage of people. Much appreciated. And then here's one a screenshot I got of the floor. Official platinum is $705.50 to be on the floor at wherever this was. I don't know what city. Uh, on the day they went on sale. Absolutely terrible. I mean, I can't. I'm about about said I can't believe it. I absolutely can believe it. Let's uh, take a look at a couple of other things here that also have a little bit to do with um, Ticketmaster also, but more so the new stadium in Nashville. And you hear from Tony Kornheiser on this show a lot because I listen to Kornheiser every day, and sometimes he'll say something that I want to replay. Well, you're going to hear a lot from uh, Oberman over the year or going forward because I listen to him every day, and I won't be his kooky, crazy political stuff. It'll be things that are not from that cut from that uh, cloth. It'll be more fun stuff like this. If you want to consider this fun, this is from Keith Oberman talking about the uh, the new stadium in Nashville. Axios reports the mayor of Nashville is about to announce he has committed $1,400,000,000 of public money to build the Tennessee Titans a new domed stadium. The team will find $800 million more in private funding somewhere. The usual bull crap will now ensue. Now we can host the Super Bowl. Now we can host the NCAA Finals. If you get two of each of those in the next 30 years, that will be a record, Nashville. But think of all the jobs it'll create. No new stadium ever has created new jobs. Only shifted jobs from one part of town to another. No new stadium ever has earned back the money taxpayers have been bilked for it. No new stadium ever was the best use of the public money involved. I once asked a sports economist to explain why all that is always true, and he said he could show me all kinds of complicated formulas, but there was something simpler. If a new stadium actually made a profit... The owners would build all the new stadiums themselves with private money and keep all the profits. That's what owners do. Now we can argue about that, but I am going to sound uh, contradictory to myself because I was so for our new development here that got passed, that got pushed through before asshole Weston Want became the mayor, and I'm very happy that that happened. Part of that was just because, uh, just to spite uh, Weston, and part of it was, I think it's a great idea, and I want our money going towards it. And I don't live in the city of Chattanooga, so it's not my money going towards it, unless it's, you know, but, but, anyway. So I'm going to sound a little bit, uh, kind of going back and forth here. But this is an anecdotal, anecdotal thing for me. I don't want a new stadium. I love the stadium that we have now. I love my seats and my tickets and my my traditions and my game days and what I do on that property. I don't want it to change. There's nothing wrong with that stadium. Now, is is this going to be huge for the city long term? Of course it is. Is this going to bring WrestleManias and and uh, all the things, NCAAs and Super Bowls? Yes, of course it is. Is it going to be profitable? I don't have any idea. All I do know is, is if you want to make an argument on do fun public stadiums, are they good for the city? Are they good use of money? Or are they awful use of money and a terrible idea? Whatever you want to find, you can find. It's out there. You can make your argument however it is you feel like. This is from the um, president of the Titans, I believe. Just a little bit here from it that he sent out to the all the, you know, I don't know where they, press release, I guess, to the, to the 
Titans family, dear Titans family, the new lease not only eliminates a significant financial obligation on national taxpayer under taxpayer under the existing stadium's lease, but ushers in a new era of our organization with an incredible facility that will give Titans fans the world-class fan experience that you deserve. Here's the part that I don't like at all. It's at the very end. It's the last one I'll read from this long-winded letter. Stadium construction will be funded through a public-private partnership with contributions from the Titans, NFL, State of Tennessee, and Metro Nashville Metro's contribution will be funded by a 1% hotel tax paid primarily by tourists and sales and use taxes collected at the stadium surrounding land like nearly all the stadium projects of this scale over the past several decades. And here's the sentence, the sentence that pays. PSLs will also be a part of the new stadium project. Huh, well, Brian, I don't know what a PSL is. Let me tell you, it's an absolute scam, bullshit way to get dead money out of everybody who wants to be a part of this. Permanent seat license. You're basically paying dead money down for the opportunity to buy tickets going further, going season tickets, which I have already done once. Now, yes, I bought them secondhand, so I didn't pay the Titans for them, but I did pay somebody for them. The PSLs for the for Nissan Stadium. It's a one-time dead money throwdown. If you can get over it, if you can keep from vomiting while you do it, once you get over the shock of that money being gone, which in my case was about five thousand dollars, then you know you move on. Well, that was damn near ten years ago, and I sit on the lower level, above the visitors' entrance, twenty-six rows off the field. Can you imagine in a brand new state-of-the-art? just like the Vegas and Atlanta and Los Angeles have built, that they'll, they'll do something similar in Nashville, 26 off, rows off the field, it's going to be, it's not going to be possible. And these PSLs are going to be thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I don't know if they're going to work something out with people who already own PSLs, but that permanent seat license is for that seat in that stadium. Not any other seat in any other stadium. It's infuriating. I have dumped so much money in this organization for over 10 years because I was going to games for five, six, seven years regularly leading up to when I finally made the purchase for, for the, the tickets. And they were last place team for the first five, six years that I owned the tickets. And they weren't, weren't worth anything. And the reason I know a lot about the verified resales is because I sell a lot of my tickets now as they actually do have value. And I do jack up the price by hundreds so Dallas Cowboy fans can overpay to sit in my seat I've already sold several pair I'm going this weekend because the Colts are in town and that's not a that you know because we play them every year there's no real margin there and I really want to go and it's going to be a fantastic weekend and so buried in that letter from the higher up president or whoever it was from the Titans of all this sunshine and lollipops and and acting like they're they're releasing Nashville from the burdens of the tax implications of the current lease and current stadium Buried in all that is, oh, and there'll be PSLs, an additional PSL that you current PSL owners will also have to buy at exorbitant prices. It's just, it's maddening, absolutely uh, infuriating, really, to be honest with you. I don't know what to do. I'm going to be up there this weekend. I'm going to meet with my guy I split the tickets with. We're going to the game. I'm going to meet with my brother. We've already had these conversations a little bit because we all knew this was coming. They weren't going to not do the stadium deal after they got the preliminary kind of you know thumbs up from just some of the few. You knew it was going to happen. Nashville was going to make it happen. Nashville is a big time now, and this is going to solidify that. So we're going to sit around. I mean, I've, I've got it down like notes to self. Hey, sit down, and we got a for real talk about do we sell this PSL we have now, get out from underneath it, and um, and make any money that we can get out of it, or do we ride this thing out and see what happens and maybe find three or four other guys, overly complicate a, a business transaction, which we all know can sometimes, I feel like I'm pretty good about it and the people I would bring in would be good about it, but that can that can mess up relationships when you get that many different people into something that has to do with budget and finances and dollars. I don't know. I don't want to overcomplicate this. It's just supposed to be for me and my friends and my brother and me and, and whoever I, I want to give them to to go to games. And it's just I've always thought there was something cool about being a season ticket holder. And I'll tell you what, what right now, there ain't nothing really that cool about it. I was looking back at a 1996 uh, articles about the, the uh, what then was LP Field, now Nissan Stadium, $290 million to build that place in 1999. 
290 million. Now they're talking 2.2 billion and ain't going to be 2.2. It's going to be closer to three. And I have hit the buzzer on this segment. Last weekend, revisited, and it wasn't pretty. Not for me, anyway. I'll get to it next. Now more Stone on Air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Stoneonair.com. I'm going to get tired of it really quick, but right now I'm happy for my Tennessee fan friends because they have had nothing to cheer for for a long time. But every now and again, you know, every fan base just needs a break. Right? Can you just just give me a break for once? And so many times over the years during Derek Dooley or Butch Jones and whoever the hell, Jeremy freaking St- Cornholio P- Pruitt, what a joke. And you always know it's just going to blow in their face. It's stupid going to happen. It's going to be so nonsensical and irrational and fanatical, upset, and it's going to just kick them groin again. And it's going to like, nobody needs to suck that long. Nobody needs to suck that long. And I'm going to pull out of the win this game, but I-, I want my Tennessee friends, fans to have Yep, I've had enough. I can't put up with it anymore. I've had enough! <laughs> the great Paul McCartney. Uh, yes, that was me a week ago. And I really did mean it. At the time, I meant it. Somebody posted somewhere. I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. Can't put up with it anymore. Um, somebody posted something about... Uh, what was it? Uh, I can't remember. Thanks a lot, Alabama. When when Tennessee beats you, we all have to suffer. Something like that. Um, what did I call it? The, the intergalactic championship of the world type celebration that was taking place in the southeast and certainly in Knoxville and all through the state and through all the areas of all these people that have no connection with that college whatsoever was just, I mean, it was awfully annoying. It was so freaking annoying. I mean, ugh. So, but I was going into the weekend feeling arrogant. And as a uh, now a former world champion, I um, mean, I'll be a world champion at heart from 2021 for the rest of my life. But when you have a championship under your belt and up on the on the shelf, and yes, I know I didn't win a damn thing, but you know what I'm talking about. You get a little cocky, you get a little arrogant sometimes in the season. And the way the Braves season ended was just spectacular. I mean, it was just, I mean, I did a whole podcast. You might have skipped over that part, but it was fabulous. It was the most satisfying regular season of baseball I've ever seen in my entire, well, certainly my adult life. So this century anyway. And I got cocky and arrogant, and I thought the the, the Braves are going to get it done. They're going to beat the Phillies. I didn't think for sure we'd go back to the World Series, but I, I felt damn confident we were going to the NLCS. I really, really did. And uh, more on the NLCS here in a minute, just a, a, a brief moment on it. Um, and so I thought, you know what? We should all have fun this weekend. How cool would it be? The Braves can move on. The Vols finally beat Alabama. We'll all just have a great time here in the South. Well, then baseball hates me. And so they put all these games on during the day. And then now they've thrown the, uh, the Braves game on at just about an hour before the Vols game starts. And most years, me, primarily I just show up, but friends of mine, uh, 40-somethings, throw together a a little modest, decent tailgate out at the Mox game, bring out a couple of TVs or at least one and just have fun, maybe go to the game, usually don't. And this happened to be the weekend that we were going to do it. And we had talked about it for a month and a half or so. So it it was not this big, huge plan necessarily where like you do this and you do this and you do this, but it was, it was discussed at, at length descriptively what we were doing and you know one of them it rented a, a generator you know so like that's no small thing to do and set up and make some food and all this stuff and when that damn Braves game got thrown there in the middle of that day it threw everything off and I felt like and by no means that I have an obligation that I had to go to this but I had been excited for it 
And by the time that day rolled around, and we, I at this point, my arrogance was gone. I did not think we were going to win that baseball game on Saturday. Nothing felt right. And once again, they beat our ass again. And it was just a miserable afternoon. And I'm sorry if you, if, if you don't understand sports and the fandom and the the literal like pain and sickness I can go through watching the, this team play. I know it's a little pathetic, but we've all got our thing. And it really, it ruined my day. I was having a miserable day because I knew we were going to lose that game. And we were using my hot spot watching the game. I didn't, so I kind of had to stay, but I didn't really want to move anyway because I didn't, it's just like, I was so indecisive. I didn't want to go to the tailgate at all. I wanted to stay at home, but then I'd, you know, see, I'm just, I'm all over the place. I'm a nervous wreck and I'm really just, I'm just in a, a wretched, wretched mood. And uh, so it goes predictably, they lose. Well, I had this other party to go to, potentially, that was a dueling viewing in the backyard, Vols Braves. A lot of these Vols fans might be Braves fans a little bit also. The guy who was throwing the party, this was just down the road from the Common House, right across the street from the Common House downtown, so it was in walking distance from Finley Stadium. And the guy who was throwing the party is just as big a Braves fan as I am. But he's also a really big Vols fan, too. So I went directly there once the Braves game ended from Finley Stadium. And as I, I got there, the, all the post game was on the one screen and the Vols game was going over here and people were going nuts because it's like 28 to 7 or something like that in the first half. The Vols are looking great. I now don't care. I don't want to watch any of this. But these are all people I like to be around. And this is a beautiful day. And this is like, you know, you don't want to go, go home and pass up a, a great gathering like this with backyard cooking and food and drinks, everything you want. It, it, it just come one, come all. There's whiskey, there's beer, there's high noons, there's dogs, there's burgers, there's uh, everything you need. And so uh, stay to finish the game. And, you know, you know how it ends. And if, if stupid Saban runs the ball at least one time down there. That doesn't happen. Saban went brain dead at the end, then in that last 30 seconds. Anyway, what happens happens, and everybody's just so freaking happy, as you all you know. I mean, one of my guys, listener to the show, uh, I think when the field goal was missed by Alabama with 15 seconds to go, jumped up out of his chair and uh, stumbled forward, smashed his face into a <laughs> to the steps, the uh, porch steps. Blood like dripping all. I mean, it's not slasher film like, but I mean, there's bloodshed here, and so high on adrenaline from the game and the excitement, dude probably couldn't even feel, couldn't even feel it. I mean, it was. <laughs> it's just any other time, any other day, I could have at least semi enjoyed this. It just made me so goddamn mad. I was fuming, steam coming out of my ears. Like all the entire South is having fun right now. Every Braves fan that just had their nuts kicked in by the scummy, scummy Phillies are now, well, you know, hey, at least, at least, at least the Vols saved my day. Screw you. So I was praying that, that Alabama won that game. And I was saying in that final 30, 45 seconds, I was, I was standing with a guy who's not a sports fan, but I'm good friends with him. We can talk about anything else. And I was, I was whispering. I was like, if he doesn't do, you know, if he does this whole, hopefully he doesn't screw this up. We get this kick and win this game. Fuck these Vols fans, that kind of thing. I wasn't doing it out loud, and I wasn't being obnoxious about it. And once it, the game was over, I wasn't a jerk about it either. But deep down, I was totally rooting for Alabama to win that game the entire time because I couldn't stand to see anybody be happy. That's how selfish and arrogant overall I can be. That's why all these years I've always rooted for all these teams in the South to lose. The Falcons, the, um, the Bulldogs, the, uh, the Vols, just anybody, any of these Southern teams to lose because most Southern sports fans are Braves fans. Almost all of them, you know, majority of them are. And if I can't be happy, I don't want you to be happy. So I don't want you to be able to be like, well, you know, the Braves let me down again, but at least the Georgia Bulldogs won the championship for me, and I've got that. I didn't want any of that. Well, again, the championship changes you. And when Georgia won the national championship last year, I thought, good for them. Good for them. We're all champions around here. So, again, that's just my odd way of, uh, of approaching life sometimes. This is from... Knox News, I believe. 
13 arrested at Tennessee football versus Alabama. No mustard bottles involved. Um, according to the UTPD crime log, there were 22 liquor law violations resulting in stadium ejections. Of course, this is all that Saturday night and into Sunday morning. 13 disorderly conduct violations resulting in stadium ejections. Five public intoxication charges resulting in arrest. One simple assault and public intoxication. One criminal trespass charge. Uh, one simple possession charge and warrant served. And one assault charge resulting in arrest. One other side note here, one Knox County Sheriff's officer caught in the uh, in the commotion was hit in the head with a bottle and had to get staples at the hospital. If that's actually all that happened, that's all the carnage criminally uh, and legally from that um, that monstrositous celebration. That's actually pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. I find it strange that we put 100,000 people in one spot for anything. Don't think that's a very good idea. Sure as hell, I'm not going to ever be a part of it again. But in no other setting is that kind of stuff allowed. I'm not trying to be old fuddy-duddy old guy here. I used to think running on the field and tearing down a goalpost was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen, and I've done it before in national championships at the 1AA level at Finley Stadium. I've ran out on the field. I've hung from goalposts. I've done it. All right? So I'm not saying these kids these days. I'm not. I, I was that way, too. I used to be... I, it, one of the most fascinating things in the mean world is watching those goalposts get torn down. But as a grown-ass adult, I look at it and I just think, how is this possible? How is this? That is so dangerous. How is there not more people injured in that setting? It's complete chaos. Complete chaos. In any other sports league, in any organized professional sports league or not professional sports league, are people running on the field? Not one, not two, not outside of three or four running on the field in 1974 when Hank Aaron hit the home run, which if that happened now, those people would be <laughs> taken out, you know, and, and have brain damage. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl, the monster AFC championship games, whatever it might be, that's just not going to be tolerated. It's not going to be allowed. And I guess it gets to the point where when you have 100,000 people and 40,000 of them are drunk-ass, dumb kids. I guess there's nothing you can do about it. But, I mean, what, the fact that nothing else went wrong that poorly that night is uh, is quite remarkable. And then the this nonsense that the school does. I mean, this is mostly a play, on uh, you know, just kind of, I don't know, just to get some social media interaction. We're asking for donations to pay for the $100,000 fine from the NCAA. All right, spare me, you Numb nuts. What? And then the worst part of this is, it's just a PR thing to begin with. The worst part of this is, I'm seeing people on social media bragging about sending in money. Like, I'll gladly pay, help pay the fine. I mean, I'm just, this just boggles my freaking mind. It's absolutely baffling the fanaticism for the stupid college football. Um, I mean, the cigars, I know, I guess that's a, a, a tradition. I guess I, th I thought I read that. I didn't know that. I've never heard that. If it's a tradition to smoke a cigar after you beat Alabama, well, it hadn't happened in a generation, so I guess that's why I didn't know. People were posting pictures of an overhead of Neyland, of Neyland Stadium with all the smoke and like, look at all the cigar smoke. Listen, dipshit, that's the fireworks, the pyrotechnics smoke. And then like, likes and, oh my God, isn't it glorious? Shut up, you stupid, stupid people. Be excited, especially if you're an alum, especially if you have connections with the school. Be excited. Donate to your school if you're if you're a yearly donor. Those things I get. I take pride in Chattanooga State, my only higher education outside of outside of high school. I love that school. I love the people that run it, and I will do anything volunteer-wise. I'm not giving you money because I don't have any, but I would do anything volunteer-wise to help Chattanooga State if it ever came up. I get that. But the celebration was like the championship of all galaxies. It's game six of the regular season. And, I mean, people crying, acting like it's the greatest thing in their life to beat a team in the middle of the season. So, anyway, sorry to be the poo-poo guy here. But I, I, I didn't, I, I was not, I, I won't be pulling for Tennessee to win again 
anytime soon, and I technically didn't do it then either. Real quick on the NLDS, so Major League Baseball continues to hate their fans as Game 2 between the stupid Padres and the asshole Phillies is being played with today, earlier on record day, on Wednesday, at 4.30 Eastern Time, which would be 1.30 Pacific Time. This is the NLDS, the National League Division Championship Series, the Final Four. And they're playing their games in the middle of the day. Speaking of arrogant pricks, that's what MLB clearly is. Nobody's watching that crap except for people in the Northeast and some people in Southern California, the supposed Padres fans. Oh, don't want to want to make sure they have a national audience. There's no national audience for Phillies Padres games at 4:30 on a Wednesday baseball. God, they're brain dead. Absolutely brain dead. There's kind of this internet meme style uh, trend that was more popular before, back when, but still you see sometimes where someone will post something that says wrong answers only. And then people will just try to outdo themselves for ridiculous answers. It's almost like people sat around in a boardroom for Major League Baseball and said, hey, guys, we're doing so well. We're going to uh, it's kind of gag gift day. Whoever comes up with the worst idea will uh, wins a prize. <laughs> oh, here's exhibit A. Oh, that's terrible. Hey, exhibit B. Oh, that's hilarious. Now, nah, but I don't think I don't think it can top this. Hey, um, guys, let's play our final four playoff series. In the middle of the afternoon on a Wednesday. Does does that... Ding, 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 ding. What, what a terrible idea. Oh, my God. You win. George, what a great, terrible, wrong answers only idea. Baseball is so freaking stupid. And then this extended expansion of the playoffs. It's not just because my team's not it anymore. I hated it when I heard about it to begin with. All the best teams are now gone. Well, most of the best teams are now gone. One more quick clip from uh, my guy, Keith Obram. One other thing is clear. The teams with the four best records in the National League and at least four of the teams among those with the six best records in the American League did not make it to the penultimate round of the baseball playoffs. The new idea to give the strongest clubs first round buys failed terribly. The National League playoff for the World Series is a third place team that finished 11 games behind the leaders versus a second place team that finished 22 games behind the leader. And that just leads to one question. What is baseball's regular season for? If either the Padres or the Phillies win the 2022 World Series, the champions of baseball will be the team with either the 10th or 11th best record during the regular season. If you want to turn it into the NBA playoffs, go ahead, but don't think it counts. Unfortunately, it does count, and that's exactly what Major League Baseball has turned this into, the NBA playoffs, where half the damn league gets in. In my lifetime, there was only the championship series, and it was a five-game series, a five-game championship series, and then a seven-game World Series. In my lifetime in the mid-'80s, that was still a thing. Since then, we went from four teams making the postseason to 12 in 35 years. And if you think they're done there, they're not. And what the hell is the point of playing 162 games? Why play that many games if you're going to have three-game series knocking out 100-win teams and five-game series knocking out 100-win, 101-win teams? What are we doing here? Major League Baseball, what are you doing? I know most people don't care about this. I get it. But the greed of these organizations, sports organizations, whether they be college or professional, which is, let's not kid ourselves, college football is now a just lower level of professional football. The greed knows no bounds. It knows no limits. None of this will stop. NFL does it. They've done it twice this, this century. NCAA is about to destroy the tradition and pageantry of what college football, what made college football great when they expanded 12 teams when there's not even four that deserve to be in a playoff series to begin with. The NBA's long ago done it. NHL, same deal. And if they can make four more dollars, they're all going to add and expand again. And in the end, they'll charge us more. They'll charge us more PSLs. They'll charge us more concessions until when we decide that we're going to stop doing this. When are we going to stop dynamic pricing and being a part of this? When are we going to stop being fans of these sports leagues that treat us like shit and then continue to raise prices and continue to water down the product and destroy so many traditions that so many of us have, have cared about and adored for some of these upwards of a century or more? NCAA tournament, it's coming next. 
They're going to screw that up. It's one of the last great events in uh, sporting events in this country, and they're going to screw it up next to. And I'm tapped out on time here. I got to go. Love you. Thanks for being here. I'm off to Nashville. Going to relax. The one thing about not having Braves baseball is I can settle the F down and just watch the crappy Titans and the crappy Colts play at fantastic Nissan Stadium and a gorgeous day in my wonderful seats that I will not have anymore after a couple of years from now. See you later. Bye.